On today's episode, Eddie and Webby have a hot dog eating contest. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. <laughs> Classic. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie. And this is our 17th podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode number 17. I still can't believe it. 17? 17. This is our 17th podcast. And super excited about this. This is a special episode. Uh, Usually we talk beer, tech, and pickleball. But sometimes we don't talk about tech. We've been doing that a lot lately, haven't we? We have. It's kind of sad, really. It is sad. But... It's for a good reason, because we do have a special guest today, so go ahead and stick with us on this podcast, because we will be announcing that special guest very soon. Oh yes, you are not going to want to miss this one, folks. You definitely don't want to miss this, Uh, but before we do that, I think we need to change our appearance. Wouldn't you agree with that, Webby? I would agree. Um, We got... Honorary gold medals a couple weeks ago, and we said we were going to wear them every day during our podcast, and we were joking around when we said that, but I really think we should. I think we should wear them for every podcast. I agree. At least until we win a medal on the pickleball court. Let's put them on. I just so happen to have mine right here. Ah, that feels good feels good around the neck. I love it. It's a great feeling. It just feels right. It does feel right. And if you guys are interested in seeing a little video that Webby and I put together as we open the packages that we got from the Grand Rapids Beer City Open, you can click right about here. Or here. Here. Over there. Right, right about there, I'd say. Right about there. Yeah, it's a good video. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, so Webby, what is going on in Twitter? Ah, yes. The wonderful world of Twitter. Let me go ahead and pull Twitter up here. Let's see what we got in the comments that are directed towards us. All right. Here's one from Stefan Spielberg. At Eddie and Webby have that special something that I can't quite put my finger on. I can't tell if they are comedic geniuses or bumbling idiots. Either way... They are very entertaining. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Stefan. Kind of a backhanded compliment, I think, but I mean, still, it's still a compliment. He said we're entertaining. I'll take it. And he said we might be comedic geniuses, possibly. So, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> All right. Let's go to another comment here. Here's one from Ted Booz Cruz. I sure hope at Eddie and Webby always put on a fresh pair of Depends and take their Metamucil before they play pickleball. You know, because it's a sport for old people. Mm. I mean, thanks for the comment, but that's that's one thing that bugs me. Uh, that's a very common misconception. Yeah, there's a lot of old people that like pickleball, but it is absolutely not a sport that's just for old people. I totally and, agree, and I think we're doing a lot of good efforts in trying to make it more appealing to a younger crowd. Uh, and I don't, I don't appreciate those comments at all. Yeah, not- absolutely. It is not just for old folks. In fact, that's a line from the pickleball anthem. Right. <laughs> all right, let's do one more comment on Twitter here. Here's one from Iskel and Siebert. They say, At Eddie and Webby are quickly becoming the Barbara Walters of pickleball interviews. 
We give them two pickleballs way up. Nice. That's really nice of them. Thank you. It's a nice rave review from Iskul and Siebert. Thank you, fellas. Yeah. Very nice. And that's going to do it for Twitter today. Hmm. Well, great comments. Keep them coming. If you guys do want to tweet to us, feel free to. And you can also download the Anchor app and leave us a voice message that we will likely play on the air. Um, We've had a few of them that we've played that have actually resulted in either a beer that we're going to be doing in the near future. It also resulted in a video that we did. So your Anchor comments will turn into something, which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I am really excited about our special guest today. And I'm so excited that I kind of feel like getting to the pickleball segment first today and then get to our beer review. Are you okay with that, Eddie? Ooh, that's interesting. We're going to mix it up a little bit. I am totally good with it, though. All right. So I am very excited to introduce our next guest. And our next guest is a district ambassador for the USAPA. And his name is Blair Kermines. Welcome to the show, Blair. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Very excited to have you today, Blair. I'm glad you could uh, make it out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very glad you were able to join us tonight. Uh, not many people know this, but Blair was scheduled to be on a couple weeks ago, but a little something happened. Uh, I actually got contacted by the Jimmy Kibble Show to do a segment, so unfortunately, Blair got bumped that night. Um, but I mean... It's just, uh, it's just, it's just something we have to deal with on the Eddie and Webby show. I mean, we get we get contacted by Jimmy Kimmel every once in a while to to do his show. I mean, so uh, Blair was very understanding. So I appreciate that, and and thanks for being here today. Not a problem. So as long as uh, Fallon or Letterman doesn't call, we won't have any interruptions tonight, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Blair, why don't you tell us the question that we ask most people? How did you first get into pickleball? Well, I actually uh, got to started playing right here in New Baltimore and uh, rec center. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to have a couple people show me how to play the game and uh, started playing once a week and, uh, you know, hitting it off the ceiling and the walls and things like that. And uh, a couple weeks later, I was playing a couple times a week and then started playing other clubs and then eventually played my first tournament. And it kind of just grew from there. Nice. Yeah, it's a great sport. And uh, we've got uh, in New Baltimore, we've got probably 20 to 30 people that play and uh, all skill levels. So we've got beginners and we've got more advanced players. And now I play in about four or five different clubs around uh, what we call the Eastern District here in Michigan. And so I play with several clubs and help a couple other ones out uh, working on tournaments and such. Very nice. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your role in the USAPA and how you got involved in it? Sure. Um, There are sanctioned tournaments and then there's regular tournaments. And I got involved with the USAPA by um, signing up for a sanctioned tournament. And and it was my first tournament. So I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, basically, I signed up and they said, well, you'll have to be a member of the USAPA. Probably the best thing I ever did because it really tied me to a lot of information coaching, a lot of help. And uh, so I signed up for that and did my first sanctioned tournament. And um, you guys just did a tournament recently at the Beer City, right? We did. And uh, as you probably find out when you do your first tournament, and if there's anything that changes, I saw they moved the tournament indoor on the day that you guys were going to (laughs) play. 
And so that as things change up in tournaments, sometimes you get a little shocker and stuff. So uh, the first tournament I did, I got a little bit of a shocker. I played on an open format and basically my age was the first criteria and not ranking. So what that meant was I came in as a 3-0 and the first match I played was a 3-5 and my second match was a 4-0. So I got schooled pretty hard. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was my first connection with the USAPA. Uh, so I became a member after that. Shortly after that, I became an ambassador for the USAPA. Um, then I started working on their social media. I ran their national uh, Facebook page for a while. Um, during the Grand Nationals, we had uh, about a million and a half people come through their Facebook page in about four days. Um, so that was exciting. And uh, since then, I've been kind of promoted to district uh, ambassador and so now I'm responsible for nine counties uh, in eastern Michigan. Wow. What are all those nine counties? So I'm responsible for uh, in the thumb uh, up Huron County at the very tip. So up there in like Caseville area from that all the way down to the bottom of Wayne County. Uh, so that's the tri-county area and kind of everything up through the thumb. You know, it's funny you mentioned that your, uh, your, your first experience with playing in a tournament, you were playing against people that were above your current ranking that's definitely something that webby and i can relate with in the beer city open we registered yes. as threes which was a little bit of a stretch to begin with and we're moved up to a 3.5 so definitely can relate with that yeah we could tell right away that uh 3.5 was uh, a bit above where we should have been <laughs> yeah and you'll find that sometimes people play down uh, in tournaments. Um, and that's one thing that uh, we're trying to kind of get away from. We're hoping that people kind of get into tournaments with their exact rating. But historically, people have a tendency to play down. Obviously, they're trying to do well in a tournament. Um, and uh, so anyways, yeah, that happens. And it's very common to get into a tournament and be up against someone a lot better than you. Um, and then you get a little schooling. Yeah, I actually uh, had some experience with that as well. The The very first tournament that I had done was the, uh, the Round Robin tournament in Ar Ann Arbor. And th that's actually where I first met you, Blair. I'm not sure if you remember, but here at the uh, in Ann Arbor, this, this shirt actually came from that tournament. <laughs> you got your shirt on. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I experienced that same thing because there were a few people that I knew from beforehand that I knew were a lot better than I was. And they were actually playing in a division below what I was in that tournament. So I, I learned firsthand that people definitely play down a bit sometimes. Well, I remember, it's funny, uh, I, we, I played, I think it was 15, 16 games in the main part of the tournament. And then I played in the finals at that A2 tournament. Uh, but what's interesting, I very much specifically remember playing you. Um, and I don't know if you remember what I said to you, but uh, we do something called reading someone's book. And what that means is that in the first couple of plays, what we're trying to do is get a read on them and see what their forte is, what their weaknesses are. And what was interesting is I really underestimated you. You actually had a really good game with me and underestimated your play. And I actually thought you were going to be an easier opponent than you were. So uh, <laughs> kudos to you. Oh, thank you. And yes, I, I do remember that because... Uh, yeah, we had a very nice discussion after that game, and it actually made me feel pretty good because I felt like I I did okay that day, but not very good. But uh, when, when you were telling me that, it, it definitely made me feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about ratings and whatnot. So what are some things that the USAPA can do to help resolve that issue where maybe people are playing down in their ratings? 
Well, a couple of different things. One is we're really trying to help people along and kind of coach them in this idea that it's okay to be rated. Um, I think one of the things you'll see in recreational play is that um, there's a little bit of apprehension about being rated or having a ranking. And uh, we really like to see people be rated and ranked because it helps people play at the same level they are. If they're playing um, outside their ranking, uh, it can be a challenge for them. So uh, we have a new uh, ranking system that just came out this year. And um, it's a four-digit system instead of a two-digit system. And it actually works hand-in-hand with the two-digit system. So it's still kind of familiar to people. But at the same time, it's a little more robust with four digits. And it's actually connected to the pickleballtournaments.com website. And so now, if a tournament is on that website you will automatically be included with your ratings and your rankings. And so it, it's kind of, it, it just goes along with you. And as long as you're a member of the USAPA, you can log into your own account and see what your rating is and uh, check on it that way. All right. Yeah, I think the ratings and the rankings are really going to help the sport a lot. And um, you're going to see that uh, people will start to figure out exactly where they are. And it's going to help them to practice with people that are at or just a little bit above their level. All right. That sounds pretty good. Um, now, I'm part of a couple different Facebook groups that are devoted to pickleball. And I initially heard a lot of complaints about the way the new system works. And I, I think a lot of it was just people didn't really understand it. Um, what do you like? What are your thoughts or what's the, what's the best way to simplify it? I think, you know, I think anytime there's a change, people worry. And when it comes to your rating and your ranking, we invest uh, in the last three weeks. I've played uh, two and a half of those weeks. I've played every day. So when you're playing a lot of pickleball, you're investing a lot in your game and there's a lot of practice that goes. And when it comes to your rating, it's something you're typically proud of. And when there's changes coming, people are like, oh my gosh, my rating is going to change. Uh, am I going to have to go into a different level? And I think there was some worry about those kind of things. But this new uh, new rating system I think that's going to be great. Um, before, a uh, sanctioned rating and a regular tournament was a little bit different. Now, any tournament that is on uh, pickleballtournaments.com is going to track your rating. Um, and it's going to use an algorithm that's going to put a couple other things into play. For example, if you end up playing someone that's a higher ranking, it's going to take that into account. And you're going to be able to see within like a week's period, if you're playing a lot of games, you're going to see how your rankings changing even weekly as far as this four digit number goes. And then I think it's quarterly. It'll compile down to a two digit number uh, to help you understand where you should be uh, going as far as tournaments go. And you can always play up. So if you're at like a 3-0 and you want to come in like you guys did at the Beer City and take on the three fives, um, you can definitely do that. Um, but I always recommend trying to stay at that lowest level and let your rankings kind of tell you uh, where you should be playing at. Yeah, that definitely clears it up. So for our listeners or viewers that don't know how to go about it, how does somebody actually get ranked by the USAPA? So in the one of the things you can do now is you can do a thing called self-ranking and you take a particular sheet of paper and it has criteria on there about, you know, what shots you should have and what abilities you should have and how consistent your play should be. And it's a great starting point for you to kind of see where am I at? Am I a 2-0 or am I a 2-5? And that self-ranking sheet can help you out with that. Another thing which you can do is contact a USAPA ambassador. The ambassadors are trained to be able to help people with that self-assessment sheet and kind of get an idea of where they're at. But then the great news with the new system is, is that after that, there's nothing you have to do. You sign up for a tournament 
And as long as that tournament was on the uh, tournament, um, pickleballtournaments.com, it's just going to do it automatically. Uh, so in the past, there were some other kind of hoops you had to kind of jump through a little bit to really get an official rating. And now if you're just playing tournaments on that uh, pickleballtournaments.com, you're good to go. That's great. Definitely clears it up. Yep. And I would definitely say for your listeners that uh, becoming a member of the USAPA, great idea. It's inexpensive. And uh, you can sign up on their website. And there's a lot of information there to learn more about pickleball. Very nice. Now, I actually have a question about becoming an ambassador because I've actually had a few people tell me that I should try to become an ambassador because I started a meetup group a couple months ago and I've been training a lot of beginners how to play pickleball. And uh, Eddie and I are very vocal about trying to spread awareness about pickleball to make it to where it's it's uh, more common with the youth of the nation and uh, not just yeah. an, an older person sport. So a lot of people have told me I should do it, and I've actually I've been considering it lately, but I don't really know like what to do, how to how to do that. Do I have to devote a ton of time to do to become an ambassador, or how how does that all work? No, I wouldn't say it's a ton of time, but what I would say is uh, you really want to be someone that's kind of gifted in communication, someone that's maybe available to answer some questions, help newer players. Um, so communication is kind of an important uh, part to it. But there's actually a form for filling out for a member. And um, Webby, are you a member right now of the USAPA? I am. Yep. Yeah. So as when you became a member, you filled out a form and um, and then they approved your membership. Very similar to that. There's another form and it kind of talks about the area that you play in, where you might want to serve, what you want to accomplish being an ambassador. And then that form actually gets uh, sent into both national and it's copied to the district ambassador of that area. So you reside actually in my district. And so that if you applied, I would see that application coming in and would also go to national. And there's uh, three or four people that actually take a look at your application. And then I might call you and interview you and talk a little bit about what the role is involved. Uh, But it doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, Just really take someone that loves pickleball, can help us promote the USAPA and promote pickleball, um, and just has a genuine love for the sport. Nice. I'd say I got at least most, if not all of those covered. What do you think, Eddie? I think you should do it, man. Before I even joined the USAPA, I was promoting the USAPA with the uh, the pickleball anthem. <laughs> it's, I, got the, I got a whole verse in the song about contacting the USAPA. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, we'd love to have you. We should talk more about that. Um, and uh, there's a lot of growth happening. You mentioned the youth uh, at one of the clubs I play in. Um, I would say maybe a year ago, it was maybe an above 35 crowd. Um, and right now it's getting to be maybe 30% is under 30. It's all of a sudden have all these new young players and we're getting people from other sports, racquetball, ping pong, tennis. And so, uh, we're getting this infusion of a lot of younger players. And the other thing that's exciting is in the last few months, there's been uh, some collaboration done between the AAU and the USAPA, and the AAU is the Amateur Athletic Union, and they focus a lot on getting sports out to the youth, as well as they can be a key component to taking a sport into the Olympics. Oh, nice. So, so we may see, uh, you know, some years in the future, we may see pickleball in the Olympics. Very nice. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. And I, I think it, it, it would fit right into the Olympics. For sure. Yeah, we have a lot of other sports that are similar to it, but... Pickleball is a very exciting game, and uh, 
I think it's out in California. We have a young man that's like either 15 or 16, and he's become a 5-0, uh, starting to become pro at pickleball. And uh, he played with a Wimbledon uh, senior uh, many years older than him. And that's one thing nice about this sport is you can kind of play it at all ages and keep playing it into the your senior years. Absolutely. And uh, just this past weekend, I was up north with my family, and we uh, we found open pickleball at the East Taos Rec Center up there. And it was there was a lot of people there. And my daughters, who are 11 and 13, they were playing with us. Uh, my dad, who's in his 70s, and then my my brother and his wife, they're, in, they're around 40. Um, I mean, we had a, just, just with my group right there, that was a pretty wide age range, and we all had a blast. Excellent. Yeah, it's a great sport for that because um, the, the courts are a little bit smaller, so there's a little bit less running around. And the other thing that's great about this sport is if you've not been very athletic and you've not been moving much, a couple of years, about three years ago, I was playing web games and doing meetings and sitting at desks and computer and not doing much athletics. And you can really get from having like kind of no exercise into getting into this sport where it doesn't take a lot out of you initially. And then if you start getting competitive, you start playing harder and harder, but it's good for your health. And, oh, uh, yeah. you know, it's probably one of the reasons why pickleball is America's number one growing sport right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been almost a year since I first learned how to play pickleball. And and I can tell I've played it a lot in the last year. And, and my health, uh, I can just tell it's way better. I've lost weight. I feel like I'm just overall in better shape. And I want to eat better now because I want to make sure I'm not feeling like garbage the next day like after eating dinner. But when I play pickleball early in the morning, I make sure I get better sleep too because I like to play in the morning whenever I get a chance. So it's absolutely helped with my health. That's great. So what do you think the biggest challenge you've seen as part of the USAPA when it comes to the wonderful world of pickleball? You know, I think that uh, we've got a tremendous amount of growth. um, And I think that's probably one of our greatest challenges. We probably have more players than we have courts and locations to play. Um, Just tonight, we actually had, there was a meeting in Macomb Township. They're talking about the idea of bringing some more courts to outside. We have a beautiful set of courts in Clinton Township. Um, I met with the uh, city of Auburn Hills um, a few weeks ago, and they're talking about the idea of bringing um, ladder leagues um, to the city of Auburn Hills. So there's a lot of interest, uh, but that also means that then we need the court space. We need places to play. And in the wintertime, we're going to need places to play inside. Um, so unlike Florida and Arizona, you know, when we start getting into October, we start moving our play inside. So uh, we have a place over on the uh, um, east side that I think Webby has been to. Um, we have the Peachtree uh, Tennis Courts, and that's inside. And we're getting anywhere from 120 to 140 players on these mixer nights coming in. So one of our challenges is we've got a lot of people interested, uh, but we definitely need some more courts to play on. I think I think the other challenge too is is just trying to get people comfortable with. There's going to be people of all skill levels, and uh, you'll come to places and you might find a four five. I have a few friends that are four fives, and if you play someone that's three ranks higher than you, it's quite an education, and you realize that it's <laughs> yeah. going to take some time to get to that skill level. So, but everybody's got to just be you know happy, have a good time playing the game, and realize that there's going to be people at different skill levels. For sure. 
And you mentioned the mixer at the Peachtree Tennis Club. And uh, like you said, I, I have been there before and I couldn't believe how many people there were there. That thing, that was such an awesome event. I wish it was closer to where I lived because I would definitely go there more often. But I just, I had a great time and it was almost overwhelming how many people showed up to that thing. Well, we started that a couple of years ago. And uh, when we first got it started, there were four or five people showing up. And, you know, you showed up and you had no idea who you would play, uh, but we kind of hung in there and then it's grown. So when we make you an ambassador uh, down in your area, we'll have to get that, uh, get a place just like Peachtree down there for you to be at. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome. Well, great information, Blair. We definitely appreciate it. Yes. This is your opportunity to be able to share with the group, you know, some of the advantages of joining the USAPA or if they do want to, how do they go about it? So they can go to the website, uh, usapa.org, go to that website. Um, you're going to see a lot of great information. You can review the rules. There's actually a test on the rules that you can take for free just to kind of test how, how well you know the rules. Um, you can contact your local ambassadors. Um, there's a store there, so you can check out lots of fun wearables and rackets um, and get your own net system if you want to do that. Uh, but it's just a great overall website for information and getting people connected. And we've also got both an app and on the website, you can look up what we call places to play. So wherever you're at in the United States, you can look that up and find a, a court that's close by. Um, when I travel, I use that uh, app and that website to be able to figure out what's in the area. Um, I have a friend of mine that plays in Clinton Township. He's down in Key West, um, and he was playing down there in Key West as soon as he got down there because just use that Places to Play app and uh, do that. So, But you can, uh, you can get on that USAPA uh, website and uh, um, fill out the membership application. And I think right now it's like either $20 or $25, so it's super inexpensive and a great organization to get involved with and get better connected to pickleball. Awesome. Well, thank you for the, the great information, Blair. I really appreciate you joining us for our pickleball segment for this episode. So this is the point in the show where we would normally switch gears and get to our beer review. Uh, so Blair, would you be interested in joining us for the beer review? Well, you know, recently you guys just did that Beer City Pickleball Tournament. So I feel like beer and pickleball go together. So I think I should stay with you and uh, stay for the next segment. Nice. We would be happy to have you. Absolutely. I just happen to have something here. Uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, isn't that a coincidence? Because I happen to have Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. No way. Well, Webby, could you have? do you have some Bell's Two-Hearted Ale? You guys are not going to believe this, but I actually just so happen to have a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale right here. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. What are what? the chances of that? Right? Yes. What are the chances? <laughs> um, this is awesome. So uh, we're going to jump into the beer review here. And uh, Blair, super excited you're going to be a part of this with us yes. today. For those of you that watch a lot of our podcasts, you might be saying to yourself, wait a minute, Eddie Webby, you guys already reviewed Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Mm -hmm. But that really didn't happen. Nope. We did drink a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale with our friend Andrew from Pickle and Pints in podcast number nine, but we never did an official review of it. Yep. We drank it, but there was no review. That's right. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the review. 
And Blair, feel free to share any comments you have as we're going through each of them. We might actually even ask you your opinion on it as we go through as well. Um, what we usually do at this time is we crack our beers. And I actually have a bottle. It looks like, Blair, you had a can, right? That's correct. Webby, what about I, you? I have a bottle as well. How do you guys feel about that? Are you more pro bottle or pro can? I don't know. I think they both taste exactly the same. And personally, I think that cans make them fresher longer. It's easier to take them places like the beach and to events. So I'm very pro can. So this this is my take on it. If I don't have a glass to pour it in, I prefer bottle. Something about it being in glass. I just feel like it tastes better. Maybe it's in my head, but I always feel like drinking out of a bottle always tastes better than drinking out of a can. Um, but if I have a glass to pour it in, I'm fine either way. Good question, though. Very um, good question. So usually after we pop our tops, we talk about the brewery a little bit, but we're not going to have it before we pour today because we actually did talk about Bell's Brewery in episode one that you guys can go back and reference when we reviewed Bell's Oberon. Uh, let's go ahead and pour the beer. And as we do, I'm going to read the description from Bell's website. Brewed with 100% Centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest and named after the Two-Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, this IPA is bursting with hop aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit from massive hop additions in both the kettle and the fermenter. Perfectly balanced with a malt backbone and combined with the signature fruity aromas of Bell's House Yeast, this beer is remarkable drinkable and well-suited for adventures everywhere. What a great description from Bell's Brewery. Yeah, it is. That was a great description. Yeah. And I know that when we reviewed uh, Founders All Day IPA, we talked about how they were trying to sell the lifestyle. And I feel like this description does a great job of both selling the great flavors of the beer, as well as the lifestyle that you would be living while consuming this tasty beverage. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but... And actually, I think we did talk about it with Andrew... Bell's Too Hearted was recognized as the best beer in America, according to Zymergy Magazine, for the second year in a row this year. Nice. It's good to know we all have good taste, right? That's right. Absolutely. Um, let's go through some of the statistics here. This does have 7% ABV. Uh, there are no IBUs reported for this beer. This falls under category 21A, which is the American IPA for the BJCP nerds out there. First thing we always do is we look at the appearance of the beer. Mine is a uh, mine's got some sediment floating around in there. I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh yeah. I can't really see yours, but mine definitely has some sediment there. Yeah. It's floating there, not moving around. It's just kind of like just there, like cloudy. A little cloudy, yeah. Yeah, cloudy. Um, it's got a little bit of like an orange coppery hue to it, which is nice. A very nice white head that is, uh, it's it's lingering, which is nice as well. But yeah, it's cloudy and definitely got a lot of sediment floating around mm -hmm. in there. That it does. Uh, the next step we go to is the aroma. Give it some sniffies here. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's got a great smell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a lot of hops through here. I mean, this is brewed with 100% Centennial hops, which means you're going to get 
some lemony grassy notes, but also a little bit of that citrus too, which is very nice. Yeah, a very nice smelling beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You also get some of that malt too, so it's not just hops. There's there's enough of a hint of malt to it that makes it balanced within style, which is nice. Yeah, I was getting a hint of the malts as well. Very nice. So what comes next in the beer review process? Well, I think we should do the flavor. Ah, yes. Give it some sips here. Don't mind if I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very nice gargle job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Mm. You're getting such a great hop flavor with this beer. It's Mm -hmm. not overwhelmingly hoppy. It's not overwhelmingly bitter. It's very well balanced within this style. I mean, it's definitely a hop forward beer because it's an IPA, but it's really tasty. I just, I am always blown away. It's a 7% alcohol content beer, but it's so smooth. Some beers, you know, it's super light and it's almost a little watery. This has got a full flavor to it, but it's not overpowering. Um, Yeah. Really good taste. Yeah, that was very well put, Blair. Definitely full flavor, but not overpowering. And sometimes you can get IPAs that are almost like a hop tea, right? Where it's just like, it's hops all in your face. There's no malt to kind of support Mm -hmm. that hop flavor to it. And this beer has that malt backbone to it, which definitely supports the hop forwardness very nicely. Yeah, it's just such a great balance because you get, like you said, it's very full flavored. It's got that nice hoppiness to it, but such a smooth finish to where it's just really good. Mouthfeel definitely is moderate, you know, medium carbonation. Uh, I would say medium to full body. No astringency, nothing, nothing that's standing out in the mouthfeel at all in a negative way. No, it feels really good in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Overall impressions, Webby, do you want to give your impression first here? Uh, My impression about this beer is that it is excellent. I love this beer. When I'm craving a two-hearted and I get one, I'm satisfied. Like it, I've never gotten a two-hearted and felt like, ah, man, that just that was not that good. I love this beer. Blair, what about you? I think it's a great beer, and I think it's, uh, you know, if I want a cold beer on a hot summer day, I think that this is going to be great because it's not too light and it's not too heavy. But I also think it's going to complement a lot of food well. If I want to have a nice bar burger that's kind of charred with some crispy French fries, I can do that. Could have it with a steak. I might even drink it with some seafood. So I think it would complement a lot of food groups well as well. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Webby, I think we need to have Blair on here again, man, because the I way that he described that. Yeah, you're you're talking about how it fits into your meal. That's a, man, that's a great description. Thank you for that. Yeah, I feel like Blair's descriptions have blown every description of mine out of the water. Like out of these past 17 episodes, I don't think I've ever described anything as good as Blair just did. <laughs> he said what I was thinking. I just I didn't know how to say it properly. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Webby, I see you got yourself a tiger glass there. So you're uh, not only oh, yeah. drinking a great beer, but you're also uh, showing your team spirit there with the tiger. So that's great. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have a group of beers that 
I would call my stranded island beers, right? So it's if you were stuck in a stranded island with only one beer to drink the rest of your life, what would it be? And this would be on there. I think I said that with Cigar City High Lie. Uh, I feel just as great about Cigar City High Lie as I do this beer. It's it's in my top five IPAs of all time. It's such a good standby. If, if, if you ever need a good beer, you reach for this and you're always going to be happy with it. Kind of like to what Webby said. They just did such a good job with this beer. Mm-hmm. And I really hope they don't ever mess with it. I hope that this beer tastes now the same way in 10 years. And I don't know if you guys heard this, but I recently heard that they are going to be releasing some mini kegs of Two Hearted this November. Nice. Wow. If I see one, I will definitely be getting one. I, I have to wonder sometimes when I see a beer of this quality, uh, why, and I won't mention any brands, but there's those standbys that a lot of people are drinking all the time at the barbecue and the picnic. And it's the ones before these great beers came along. And I wonder with this kind of beer out there, you know, why would you go back to some of those staples that we drank maybe 10, 20 years ago? Right. Uh, it's a great beer. Yeah, I agree. That actually brings up a good, uh, a good discussion point sometime or a good topic for the podcast. Maybe we can go back and yeah. drink our ice house and bush light and, <laughs> and do a review of those. Just yeah. To put in perspective. Some, uh, some Bud Light Platinum. But yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I used to love Bud Light Platinum back in the day, but I can't even, uh, I just cringe no. thinking about it now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, great review. Uh, so this is usually the part in the podcast where Webby and I alternate back and forth to determine if we are going to chug what's left in our glasses. But I don't know about you, Webby. I think we should ask Blair if he wants to decide. Yeah, I think we should leave it up to Blair. I think what we should do is all three of us should chug the last part of our beer. All right. I like it. We've got a challenge. <laughs> Here ready? we go. Ziggy, zuggy, ziggy, zuggy. Oi, oi, oi. Three, two, one, chug. Done. Wow. Oh, man. You are putting us to shame. <laughs> yeah, there. he is. He's got amazing descriptions. He defeats us at the chug off. I mean, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That was fun. You know, we, we, that was we fun. Were, when we were planning out this segment, we were thinking about it like, gosh, should we start having our guests maybe get involved in beer? And I think after tonight, we definitely should continue this and see if our guests want to be involved in the beer portion because that was a oh, lot for of fun, sure. Blair. Yeah, this was very fun. I'm, I'm glad you joined us for the review portion. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Enjoyed having the beer with you guys. And uh, thank you for being flexible on the timing. And uh, really glad that Letterman didn't call in while we were doing this <laughs> segment. And then I got bumped again because that would have been bad, you know. <laughs> no, but yeah. seriously, we, we cannot thank you enough. I'm, I'm very glad you were able to join us tonight. This was a, a very fun episode, and uh, I we really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Hey, pickleball is a great sport, no matter what your age is. Um, if you've never checked it out, check out some games on the internet. If you'd like to join me, I, um, I'm the administrator for Michigan Pickleball on Facebook page, and I'd love to see some more people out there. We've got a great tournament coming up in Royal Oak real soon. You can check that out on pickleballtournaments.com. And just support pickleball. Great sport. It's great for everybody. Good community and great way to meet friends and enjoy some great beer. Awesome. Thank you, Blair, so much, man. This has been a a great opportunity, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Eddie and Webby, it's been great, and all the best to your show. Man, that that was another really good interview segment, I thought.
Yeah, absolutely. Blair was a pleasure to have on the show. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I think our previous commenter on Twitter earlier wasn't too far off. I think we just might be the Barbara Walters of pickleball interviews. Agreed. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad that he stuck around from the beer segment as well. As you guys know, if there is a beer that you would like for us to review, go ahead and throw it in the comments below or download the Anchor app. Leave us a voice message with the beer and maybe a little story behind it like we heard last week from Patty B about Lagunitas Pills, which is definitely going to be coming up in a future episode. Yes. Oh, there's a good chance that we'll review it. A very good chance. Anyway, I think that's the show. I think it is. I think it was a really good show. I agree. That was a great time. Anytime we have guests on, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, super fun. When you have someone like Blair, uh, definitely makes for a good time. So again, thank you, Blair, for joining us. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, this is episode 17, so we want to thank all 17 of you that are listening as of right now. You guys know who you are. Thank you very much. As always, we'd love to hear feedback, good or bad. Go ahead and throw it in the comments below. You can tweet us. You can Instagram us, both at Eddie and Webby. And if you want your voices to be heard in the podcast, you can download the Anchor app. Boop, 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 boop. You can leave us a voice message. And it's very likely we will play it on the air. As we've proven in the past, it's very likely. And we might even do a video segment about what you recommend. And also, the Pickleball Anthem is available for download on iTunes and a bunch of other platforms, right, Webby? That is correct. Lots of platforms like iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and if if there's a if there's an app out there that gives you the option to download a song or stream music, it might be there. Check it out. Look for it. It most likely will be there. <laughs> so definitely check it out. Uh, it helps support our channel. So thank you guys for that very much. And on that note, I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. Yeah. I had a dream that I hung out with Post Malone last night, like him and I were buddies. Oh, nice. (laughs) That is really cool.